Welcome back to the show, everybody. My name's Lindsay, and as always, I'm super excited to have you tuning in to another episode of the NC Fit Insider Podcast. With this episode airing early January and resolutions well underway, we figured what better topic to tackle than nutrition. I know everybody wants to get in shape, shed a few pounds, and all too often our resolutions seem to go out the door by or before February 1st. So today I'm sitting down with our internal expert on the subject of nutrition, Arielle Bloom. Arielle has coached at just about all, if not all, of our commercial locations. So odds are you've had a chance to work out next to her or be coached by her. She's awesome, you guys. Arielle is a wealth of knowledge. And today we go over really actionable steps you can take to make your resolutions stick. How to go about goal setting, what mindfulness practices you can put into place, and how we can start to change our meals each day to make long-lasting lifestyle changes. As always, if you or someone you know would be a great fit for the show, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can always email me at lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, at nc.fit. Hope you had the greatest holidays and enjoy the show. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to the NC Fit Insider Podcast. I am sitting down with Coach Ariel today, and we thought that we would kind of kick off the new year talking about nutrition. Yeah. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Um, first thing I kind of thought we could start with, because I know a lot of our community doesn't totally know you or mm -hmm. hasn't been introduced to you yet. Yeah. Um, maybe you can give us a little brief history on what your fitness background has been like, how you got involved with NC Fit. Yeah. So um, I actually am from New York. So I grew up on the East Coast and I got into CrossFit like right in the middle of college. And um, so a big thing for me was that I wasn't super athletic before that. Um, so finding CrossFit was a really big uh, empowerment tool for me. Um, and that was in 2013. So I've been coaching since then and um, started with NC Fit back in 2018 in September or August kind of. Um, so we've been here almost a little over a year and a half ish. Um, I started at one of our corporate fitness centers in the Presidio and then um, headed up that location. Um, and then we moved down to the South Bay. So now I've just kind of been popping into all the gyms as best as I can to see as many people as I can. Cool. Yeah. So you said that you weren't an athlete before CrossFit. Yeah. What introduced you to it? I actually um, had a friend who was super into all different like fad uh, workout type of things. Okay. Um, and she used to like find Groupons and she would be like, I'm going to do this class. Like you should come with me. So we did one of the Groupons for CrossFit and she hated it. <laughs> she was like super... Um, she like couldn't pick it up very quickly. She was super uncoordinated. It just like did not work for her. And I loved it. It was <laughs> so fun for me to like learn something. And it felt good to like lift a weight. Even though that when you start, it's like soup. It was, I think I did like med ball clean. Right. But I was like, this is awesome. This is the best thing ever. Um, Go figure your friend yeah. that didn't, that was chasing fad workouts wouldn't right. enjoy CrossFit. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's That's a little like bit a, harder work than Right, exactly. Exactly. So, um I like loved that hard work. The fact that you can like visibly see progress, whether it's um, the weight that you can lift increases, your body composition changes, um, you get faster, you get stronger. 
there's like all these different metrics to measure when you're doing something like this, um, that that was just super um, intriguing to me. Awesome. Yeah. So I know you coach here for the company. Yeah. I don't, I know that she didn't explicitly say that, but I'm telling you listeners that yes. Ariel does coach for the company. Yes. Um, so you may see her at multiple locations kind mm-hmm. of varying across our commercial sites, but outside of NC fit and yeah. outside of coaching, you also work in the nutrition world. I do. Awesome. Yeah. So what is kind of your credentialing or your background in that? So, um, I mostly started nutrition coaching through CrossFit. Like I learned the basics of nutrition studying for my, well, really I knew the basics before this, but, um, I really honed in on some sort of like expertise, I would say not really expertise, but, um, I got much more informed about nutrition and I got much more interested in it when I was studying for my level three CrossFit exam, um, to become a certified level three trainer. And then from there, once I achieved that certification, I went for a nutrition coaching certification and I just had started building um, nutrition coaching clientele, whether it be people that I was actually charging or just like the free content that I put out. Um, I love putting out educational content and I love talking about nutrition. So even if I'm not coaching someone specifically, I am trying to put out something useful for everybody to use. Awesome. Yeah. So you do, what is... um like your one-on-one coaching look like? So it's usually virtual. Um, so it's all done online. Um, but with one-on-one coaching, you get a lot of access to your coach. So I have my own company. Um, I'm the only person that works for this company. (laughs) Um, but in the way that my nutrition coaching works is, um, I have clients that come on and they go through an entire onboarding process. We start, it depends on the person, so what that looks like, but they go through a full onboarding process where we figure out what their current status is um, with nutrition, what they're eating, um, how they're feeling, how they're sleeping, what their lifestyle habits are like. <clears throat> and then from there, we go into what things we can, what small adjustments we can make at the beginning to then uh, make bigger impact over the course of time. Absolutely. Those lasting lifestyle changes right. instead of like a quick, quick fix. Right. Cause unfortunately there's not. Right. It'd be easy so. if there was. Right. Exactly. Um, is there anything during that onboarding process that is just kind of like, um, how do I want to say this? Almost like an indicator of a broad misconception that people might have about nutrition getting into it. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that <clears throat> we run into. Um, a lot of it is, People think that carbs are bad. People think that they should be eating a certain way or that um, certain types of foods are completely off limits. Like a lot of people think that um, they should never, ever, ever eat uh, a fruit, like any sort of fruit. And I'm like, that's not, it's not the point. Like we're kind of missing it. Like fruits are actually really good for you. It's a really great option. Um, But a lot of people have just, they have all of these misconceptions around foods and like the sources of different macronutrients. Absolutely. So yeah. how do you go about reteaching that or almost like an unlearning of what they yeah. think they know? Yeah. Um, I kind of love when people come in and they don't know anything because I'm like, oh, this is like a blank slate. I don't have to fix anything. It's kind of like CrossFit athletes, right? Right. When someone <laughs> comes in brand new, has never done anything, you're like, oh, this is fantastic. I get to mold you. Yeah, exactly. But um, so with clients that come in and they have these preconceived notions of what um, their food should look like or what they've learned in the past, things like that. It's a lot of just kind of taking a step back and saying, well, how do you feel when you 
do X, Y, Z? Like, how do you feel when you sleep six hours versus nine hours? How do you feel when you eat um, a piece of fruit before you work out versus eating something else like an avocado? Or like, how do you feel when you eat something processed versus something that you cooked at home? Things like that. And it's just kind of like guiding people to see the the answers on their own instead of just like throwing it out on the table. Cause a lot of times those things won't stick. Right. And there's, I mean, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but CrossFitters in general are very hands-on learners. Right. Right. I know yeah. for myself, it was like, you could tell me open your hips or hit triple extension. And it was like, until I felt it, I had no idea what coaches were talking right, about. Right. So it's very similar with nutrition. And I love that idea of creating a mindfulness around how do you feel this versus this? Because, yeah. and maybe you can talk more on this, but how different nutrition is for everybody. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that um, it is completely individualized. So that's why, like when I said the onboarding process, depends on the person because it depends on uh, what you physically need. And <clears throat> a lot of people's needs may be similar, um, but the way that you respond to something is very different than the way that I would respond to something um, right. in terms of food, in terms of stress, in terms of um, sleep, like all of those things are so individualized to each person. Absolutely. And yeah. there's, is there any sort of um, reframing that you help with clients? Like I know for an example, like, um, before a big speech or something, right? One person might have like the butterfly experience and mm -hmm. interpret that as anxiousness yeah. or being nervous, right? Whereas another person could be in the exact same situation, yeah. get those butterflies and see it as excitement. Right. So do you kind of have to make those reframes for your clients in terms of food? Yeah, it's a little bit, um, it's actually really similar to that. Um, but the biggest thing that we work on, and I like using journaling as a tool for this, um, is just reframing how you view certain situations exactly like that. Like if you see something as butterflies or you see something as anxiousness, it's the same feeling. It's just how you interpret it. So it's the same with your food choices. Like if you feel like you're super stressed at work, you can either view that as a bad thing or you can view that as something that you need to work through. Right. And it's the same with um, if you view your food choices as something that's stressful to you, you can either view it that way or you can view it as a challenge that you're overcoming or that it's a next step in something like you're building healthier habits or it's a next step in achieving a goal that you want to achieve. Because some of us have um, body composition or weight loss goals where it's it's hard sometimes. Like you right. got to really be uncomfortable. So you have to reframe those situations to understand that like it's going to be tough, but that's a good tough for a little bit and it'll make it worth it. Absolutely. I love that. And yeah. I love the journaling piece of it because I think that especially with social media and with every fitness influencer and fit to you see, yeah. it's very easy to internalize like societal norms or yeah. what we're supposed to look like or what we're supposed to eat. Yeah. And journaling gives you that quiet moment where you can like get right with yourself. Yeah. And, and no I, one's going to judge those words. Right. Because no one's going to read them. Right. Um, and I tell my clients that all the time. I'm like, listen, you know, journaling is a really great option because it's only you. And then when you read it, sometimes just getting it out of your head and then reading it, you see what you're doing. Like you'll see that framing and how you can change your thought process. Or you see like maybe if you're stressing about something and you write it down, you see how silly it is to stress about it. Right. You know, like because getting it out of your head, you can visually see it as if someone else wrote it. Totally. <laughs> Which is really important. 
Um, so I love using journaling. And then um, I also tell a lot of my clients that they need to do like a spring cleaning of their social media. And uh, I just encourage people to get rid of anything that doesn't make them feel good or inspire them on social media because you don't realize it, but all of that you're internalizing. Absolutely. It's like so. if you are digesting junk values yeah. you are going to operate from a junk value perspective right and it's not even an intentional thing it's just if that's all you're seeing all the time that's just what's going to keep repeating in your brain it's the same way like if you keep repeating a sentence in your head like that's what you start to believe absolutely so i mean if we want to take it out of the social media context if we do the same workout every day yeah our body's going to get very, very efficient and very good at doing that one workout. Right. And changing it is going to be very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but promotes a lot of growth. Right. Totally. Right. So what is something that is like an easy take home, maybe for someone just getting involved in nutrition or wanting to take that step in changing their nutritional outlook? Um, the biggest thing is just that the best thing that you can do for your body is to make small changes that you can keep consistent. Um, with any goal, with any habit that you're trying to develop, it's just about small consistency. Um, a lot of times I feel like we try and take on too many things at once mm -hmm. where like either we're starting a whole new diet where you're cutting everything out or uh, you're cutting out complete food groups or you're cutting out alcohol completely or you're like limiting your social situations. Like all of these things um, are not sustainable. Um, and the best way to develop sustainable change is to take those small things and do them consistently every single day. Totally. So okay. in terms of overloading yourself, right? right um, I would imagine that you could overload yourself with small changes too. Oh yeah. So do you suggest taking on one, kind of mastering it for lack of a better word, and then taking on another or a few yeah. at a time? I think it's tough because it depends. It depends on the person. It depends on their capacity um, for change. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into it, but usually I suggest taking as small of a step as possible. Um, Adi Cashew talks about this a lot. Um, those like small wins and and just kind of accruing small wins and those eventually build up to be a big win. Totally. Um, so if you can start as small as possible, like um, a lot of times we hear the example of making your bed every day. Like if you can consistently make your bed every day, that's a habit that you've built. Now, if you can consistently make your bed every day and wash the dishes every day, those are two habits that you've built. And then now building new habits, like you've seen already how you can develop a habit and it can change, it can transfer into any other part of your life. So it can transition into eating a vegetable with every meal, um, cooking your meals at home. Like those are small habits that you can build to the point where they'll get to be just automatic. Like now you don't think about it, you just make your bed. You right. don't think about it, you just wash the dishes as soon as they're done. Um, Jason talks about that a lot, just like doing it now and getting it done. Um, those are small habits that you build. You don't just like all of a sudden wake up and be like, oh my God, I have to always make my bed and always do the dishes. Like, totally. So, And I think that that's one of the reasons that New Year's resolutions have such a high fail rate, yes. right? We write down all of these grand things mm -hmm. that we want to do throughout the new year. Yeah. And either by month one or quarter one yeah. or by three quarters in the year, we haven't achieved any of them. No, because it's, it's too much. It's too much. It's like you have this grandiose plan and it's this beautiful thing and it fires you up, but like that motivation will go away. Um, and then it gets hard. And then right. when it gets hard, you have to figure out how you're going to keep up all of these things that you built and you put on your plate. And like, 
that's the hardest part I think for people is like realizing that you have to start a lot smaller than you want to. Totally. And I think that at least for myself, I can speak from my own experience when I have abandoned a goal or quote unquote failed, Mm -hmm. right? I internalize that as a lot of shame. Yeah. And it's very hard to get started again after that. It gets tough because you're not holding your integrity. You know, like if you can't be somebody who has integrity with your own goals, then who can you be for anyone else? You know? So it's, it's one of those things where you wouldn't set someone else up to fail the same way you set yourself up to fail. Um, and it doesn't have to be viewed as a failure, but it's a lot of how people view it is that they failed on this goal. Really, it's just like they really needed to kind of pivot a little bit and maybe take a step back and start smaller. Absolutely. Yeah. So what has your nutrition journey been like? So I got into, I got so into nutrition because I wanted to help myself and I didn't see any resource anywhere that was like a definitive guide. Um, and when I was coming up in CrossFit, it was paleo, it was keto, not keto, but it was like zone. zone. Um, and it was, yeah, whole 30 was really big. Um, it still is kind of big, but those things were just not, um, they didn't help me with sustainable change because whole 30, like you cut things out for 30 days and then you reintroduce them. Um, paleo is like you eat mostly plants, nothing seeds, little fruits, whatever. But the issue was that none of those things supported the activity level that I had because I was doing CrossFit. I was coaching CrossFit. I was active outside of that. Um, And that to me was tough because I didn't know what to do. Like I didn't feel good eating the way that I was eating. And there was a lot of misinformation in the interweb um, to like sift through. So I tried to educate myself as best as I could, um, from the start, like as soon as I started CrossFit, I was always like consuming things, trying to learn as much as I could. Um, so it started as kind of like a selfish thing. Like I really just wanted to learn about nutrition to help myself. And then over the course of time, I redirected my education. I figured out like how to hone in on certain science, like sciences and how to understand things a little bit better. Um, and then I started working with my own coach when I decided that I wanted to do nutrition coaching because I needed some sort of person to hold me accountable so that I felt more comfortable holding other people accountable. Totally. Um, and that's like a really big thing. I think that everyone should have a coach of something at some point. Um, people who come to CrossFit are really, really lucky because you have a coach built into your gym membership. Like you get someone there that's going to hold you accountable. You also get people around you to hold you accountable. Whereas when you're going for nutrition, when you're looking for extra guidance, even like building a business, like you need someone there outside of your circle that's going to hold you accountable objectively. Totally. And it's so hard to find that. Like, like you're mentioning with the coach and with the community, those are incredible resources and yeah. we are so lucky to have them in this in in this community. Mm-hmm. But what you hit on and what I love is the objectivity standpoint. Yeah. Because there are so many times when I become good friends with my coach and then it's like, don't tell me my form is wrong. Right. Or like, you know, you walk into the gym full of your girlfriends and like, dang girl, you look good. You're like, no, I just ate three donuts. Like, don't tell me that, right? Yeah. So there is a really awesome part of our community that keeps you coming back and mm-hmm. keeps you motivated. But this objectivity piece is really important. Yeah, and it comes from a place of love always. Like your coaches love you. But our job is to be there to help make you better. And right. like you pay us to make you better. Right. 
So that's the point. That's a big incentive. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I hired my own coach um, and I had been tracking, I've been loosely tracking my macros for years. Um, I did it on my own when I was first learning just to kind of like get the feel for it. Um, I did it instead of trying zone. I decided to track my macros instead, but like I used a paleo approach. Um, And then as I started working with my own coach, I got more structure and more um, guidance on what worked for me and what like macronutrient split worked for me. Totally. Can you explain that a little bit more, what that means for listeners that might not totally be familiar? Macronutrients are protein, fat, and carbs. And there are... um, Every food fits into one of those, except alcohol. It's a different story. Um, but they're, depending on your activity levels as a human being, depending on your stress levels, depending on your job, um, where you're at in your life, like the split of those, how much protein, how much carbohydrates, how much fat you need, um, changes. And it varies over your lifetime. It varies depending on what your goals are. It depends on like every aspect of life. Um, and it changes. So you can start in a certain breakdown and then you may change depending on what your goal is or depending on any other changes in your life, you might change to a different breakdown. Um, so that was something that I worked on with my coach was finding what worked for me. And it turns out that what I had been do- using was like not at all beneficial for my body. There's the importance of objectivity right Right. there, listeners, right Right. there. (laughs) That's the thing is like I knew how to do it for someone else, but looking at my own macros, like I would never have given myself more protein or I wouldn't have given myself as much carbs as like a different human being looking at me from an outside perspective gave me. Totally. Um, So that was super helpful because it helped me feel a lot more comfortable eating more to fuel my body. Um, instead of feeling like I had to deprive myself of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just recently, so this was like over a year. It was awesome. I got a lot out of it. Um, And then just recently I've decided that I'm not going to track for a little bit. Um, Just because I have clients that don't track their macros and have zero interest in tracking their macros. And I also don't think that it's a long-term solution for anybody. Like, I don't think anybody should track their macros forever. That's not a way to live life. It's very, it's, it can be stressful in certain situations, but it also just is very tedious and that Mm -hmm. time can be spent better in different things, depending on the time of your life and depending on your goals and other things that you have going on. Absolutely. And I think that my own experience was I got very neurotic about my macros. Right. And so I, Although I felt as though I was thriving on a nutritional level, I was totally lacking as a social being. Like I stopped going out to eat. I stopped going to potlucks because heaven forbid someone cook something (laughs) in an oil that I couldn't track, right? So I think that there is this balance. And one thing you and I talked about before the show was how great of a job tracking your macros or doing paleo or zone or any of these things brings nutritional awareness into your life. Well, that's the best thing about it is that when you try these things um, and you try them while being mindful about it, you learn how your body responds to it, which is really big. And that's a really great thing. Um, But then when you, 
when it becomes something that takes over your life and it's affecting your social situations, like human beings are social creatures. Even though we thrive on structure, we also thrive in social situations. Well, and it's literally how we got here. Exactly. It's like tribes. Exactly. Like we physically need to be connected to people. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go out every weekend, but like you need to develop social connection with someone. Um, and that's really, really hard to do when your only focus is on the food you're eating, how much of it you're eating and whether or not you can weigh and measure it. Right. And that's hard. Um, I will say that I think it's a fantastic tool and I wish that everyone would be open to doing it, um, for a short period of time just to learn what serving sizes look like yes. to learn how much food they should be eating throughout the day. Because then, you know, in the back of your head, how much food or what your uh, daily intake should look like, even if it's not the same every day, you know, at least like I know roughly what 150 grams of protein looks like. I know roughly what um, 200 grams of carbs looks like. Like those are things that will teach you how to do that so that when you go out and you decide that you don't want to track your macros anymore, like you know what those servings look like. So you know how to build your meals to, to keep you satiated, first of all, but also to maintain a healthy body. Right. And promote your activity level. Right. So that's actually a perfect segue. You did a blog for our NC Fit community mm -hmm. page a while back about building better meals. Right. And I think that there was obviously some incredible nuggets in there. So if listeners, if you have not read that yet, I'll link it in the show notes. Be sure to go check it out. Um, but you talk about using our hand as a measurement tool. Right. Can you share a little bit more about that with the listeners? Yes. So um, if you're not into the idea of weighing and measuring your foods, um, you can use like the eyeball method. Um, and a good way to do that is based on your hand. So you can use your palm for protein, um, a cupped hand for vegetables. So this is about a, a little bit more than a cup. Um, and then a fist for carbs and your thumb for fat. Totally. And that's a really easy way to just kind of like eyeball the foods that you're eating. And ideally you have um, more than one serving of vegetables, but it should be something that allows you the opportunity to kind of just like keep track of what you're eating without having to um, like really weigh things and measure them. And how does that change for different size people? Right? Because yeah. a, a lot of the pushback I've seen and things like that is um, I you know, my palm is a lot smaller than this person's yeah. or, I mean, it, it, it depends, right? This, the best thing that a nutrition coach could say is it depends. <laughs> um, so really it depends on the person. It depends on how you feel. So I say, start there. If you're a larger human, um, maybe you go two palms or a palm and a half of protein. Maybe you go a fist and a half for carbs. Maybe you go two thumbs for fat for some of your meals. Like see how it feels for you. It's all trial and error because it's such a individualized thing. And if you're really not um, interested in tracking your macros, then you can't be that in the weeds about the measurements of your palms, you know, like it's one of those things where if you're not going to weigh and measure, then like you got to kind of just deal with the fact that your palm is smaller than my palm. Right. And like you might need to eat less than me then. Right. And that's how it is. And that's okay. Yeah. Like we are all built, like you said, on right. that individualized level that right. my needs are completely different from yours. Correct. So with that knowledge, with knowing what um, serving sizes may look like and, um, you know, what your carb intake should be in fat, like, 
I think what's really important in all of this, or at least what has really helped me is knowing that like, or at least not placing a value judgment mm-hmm. on food. Yeah. Right. Well, that's like huge. I'm sure. And we can get into this further if you'd like, but I think objectively anyone can say that a carbohydrate source from vegetables <laughs> is better for you than from a donut. Right. Well, yeah. It's more, it's more micronutrient dense. Correct. Um, whether it's better for your soul, who knows? Right. Like that's maybe up to interpretation. You just, right. Maybe you just like need that donut right now. And like, explore why you think you need it right now but also like if that's going to bring you joy or if you're in a social situation where like you're enjoying this time spent with family and friends and like there are donuts and like you're bonding over something like eat the donut who cares like is it going to be the best choice micronutrient wise no but like you can make that up with eating an extra serving of vegetables later or before that bingo and i think that's so important especially with the holidays just behind yes. us right like people freak out about holiday meals yeah when really you have the 364 other days a yeah. year that yeah. one meal is not gonna completely throw you off yeah so i actually posted something the other day about um there's like 11 meals that make up the holiday season and that's accounting for thanksgiving um christmas eve christmas day uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, plus any Friendsgiving or holiday parties that you go to. There's like 11 of them. What about all of the other meals that you eat throughout the year? Right. Like what about all the other meals between those holidays? Like that's 11 meals. Who cares about 11 meals? I care more about the consistency of the rest of the time and how much effort you're putting into your food the rest of that time rather than enjoying those times spent in those social situations with the people that you love. Like enjoy that time. Yes. I love that. And that's so, so, so important. And not, and I mean, we're talking about 11 meals, like also think about now with this new nutritional awareness that you shed upon all of us, (laughs) um, your meals in that same day surrounding that meal. Yeah. Right. Like I know if my new year's Eve is going to consist of like cupcakes, sparklers, and a lot more booze than people should take in, Mm -hmm. then maybe my meals leading up to that are very vegetable heavy or, you know, I'm making sure I'm getting my allotted protein before going into, you know, this carb party. Right. Exactly. And like, that's not the worst thing. Like don't starve yourself, but like eat some foods that were, that are going to set you up for success. Eat some lean proteins before you go in there. Make sure that you have like at least one meal, if you're going to an evening party, maybe two meals full of vegetables and protein so that when you go there, whatever you eat is a bonus. Totally. Like enjoy it. Um, and I don't see anything wrong with drinking on these holidays. Like enjoy the time spent with your family. Is it ideal? No. Will you feel great the next few days? No. But don't feel like you need to cut something out if it's going to like really, really harm your perception of the time that you spend with those loved ones do you have to drink absolutely not if you don't want to there are plenty of ways that you can avoid drinking and have it not be like a thing that people talk about yeah right um but if you want to and like it'll make your experience better do it like it's not the worst thing absolutely agree so this has been awesome I feel like listeners have so many knowledge bombs heading into the new year that they can kind of capitalize on. With that being said, guys, like we said in the very beginning, making sure to take these steps slowly. Don't tackle everything we touched on in this podcast all at once. It will Um, be a lot. 
it will. And right, we want to set ourselves, whether it's meals or fitness or nutrition, we want to set ourselves up for success. Right. So outside of the gym, Ariel, where yeah. can people find you? What have you got going on? Um, how can people connect with you if they want to, if they're interested in this nutrition coaching? Yeah. So um, on Instagram, I am at Ari Sunshine. It's spelled weird, so I'll spell it for you. A-R-I-E-S-U-N-S-H-I-I-N-E-E. Um, and then my nutrition coaching business is the West Coast Advantage Nutrition Coaching. You can um, request to join my free <clears throat> nutrition coaching Facebook group. Um, it is a closed group, so you do have to answer some questions to be in there. But I put um, a lot of content in there. Um, I'm always engaging with people in there, and I love growing that community. So if you are someone that wants to learn and wants to grow and wants to connect with other people, the connection is a really big thing. So if you're not going to post, um, I might remove you. Um, <laughs> that's the accountability <clears throat> part, guys. Yeah, you got to like share things. You got to interact with people because that's the whole point. I'm building a community. Um, that's the WCA Nutrition Coaching Group. You can search that on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Ariel. I yeah, really enjoyed this episode and I'm excited for everyone else to hear it. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Lens. You got it.